Well, Merry Christmas, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at God Squad Church. Hey, whether you're sitting in this room or watching online, sincerely want to wish you and your family a Merry, Merry Christmas. I know that Christmas probably looks a little bit different this year than it does for most. I know for us and our plans, for me and our wife, they're a little bit different. But I pray that today's message will bring hope to you. I pray to encourage you. I pray that today's message will remind you of what Christmas is all about. Gamers, no matter where you're coming from, no matter where you live in the world, no matter if you're a part of our community or you're just scrolling through, just chatting, I want to let you know today that Jesus is the light of the world. He's the one that gives us hope in a year that's been pretty dark. I think most of us would agree that in such a dark year, uh, we could all use a little bit more light. We could use the light of Jesus, but there's just something about light that's so beautiful. Like you may even notice that our amazing volunteers did an incredible job by putting up these lights behind me. Now on stream, I don't even know if you can really see if they're lit, but I promise you they are on. And these Christmas lights are actually very special because these specific lights are actually Amanda and I's personal lights that we actually use as a backdrop just like this, actually at our wedding. Then this year, Too Fast, the Geeky Treats got married. They used it at their wedding. And if you can't tell, we like lights. There's just something special about them. They brighten your day you can never go wrong with lights. Now, I gotta ask you a question in chat, okay? On a scale of one Mr. Beast, how much do you love lights? If you don't know, Mr. Beast just released a video where literally put one million lights on a house. If you don't watch it, go back and watch it. But my wife, on a scale of one Mr. Beast, I'm not gonna lie, she's a Mr. Beast, okay? If she had Mr. Beast budget, we'd have Mr. Beast lights. Put a one, scale to one of Mr. Beast in the chat, what are you? And there's just something about lights that my wife loves. You go into her office, she's got dangly lights all on the walls, and literally every Christmas she changes the bulbs to red-green bulbs. Like she takes the time to do them. She's got an obsession with lights. So ever since we've been married, she's been big on, you know, putting Christmas lights in the home, which a lot of people do. We, we put them on the tree. You know, we're a real tree kind of family. Let me know in the chat. Are you a real tree, fake tree? Let me know in the chat. They're both awesome. I grew up a fake tree person. Okay, I grew up with a fake tree that was pre-lit, and it was blue. I was deprived as a child. Pray for me. Okay? We had a fake tree, but now we got a real tree. We got lights all over it. We got lights on the inside of the house. But this year, Amanda wanted me to take our light experience to the next level. So I dared to grab my ladder. I drove to a store I don't visit often, Home Depot. And we got some Christmas lights. And I put them on the roof of our porch, which is, you know, maybe 15 feet off the ground, not too bad. I put them all up and down the columns and pillars on our porch, and it was beautiful. And then my wife, after she looked at it, dared to ask me and say, you know what? Why don't we put them on the roof? Excuse me, you said what? On the roof? She wanted me to get up on a ladder, almost 30 feet in the air. But she's my wife, so I did it for her, okay? Happy wife, happy life. And I'm up on this ladder, no exaggeration, no exaggerating, almost hyperventilating because I don't like heights. And my wife, who's, you know, five foot zero, weighs barely nothing, at the bottom, don't worry, I got you, like it makes me feel better. And so I'm on the edge of my house, freaking out, but I'm putting up the lights, because, you know, it's Christmas. People love lights. And as I started kind of getting more into the world of Christmas lights, because I had to look up like some pro tips, like what's the best way to put them on your gutter? I found, you know, the little plastic clips that you do, and there's a way to put them on that really is stuck, and there's another way to put them on where you can just tear them all down at the end of the year. There's some pro tips I started learning, but I started not only learning tips about the actual lights, but about the way that people power the lights. 
So I found this new thing that really fascinates me, okay? If you haven't gotten these, you can get them at Home Depot for $10. And you plug them into your outlet. It's got multiple outlets. And you can plug all of your Christmas lights into it. And that power surge is controlled by remote control. It's the greatest thing ever. Like, I literally might get one for every outlet of my house and just never get up ever again. You know what I mean? Just turn them all on. And so I get all the lights set up. I get the good remote control for all of them. And I take my wife outside. I close her eyes. I'm like, baby, you got to come see this. I'm really proud of my work, okay? I've never done this before. So I take her all the way to the front of the, the front yard. And I got the control in hand. And I press the lights. And I turn them all on at once. And she looks at it and she goes... I don't know if I like it. Hours and hours and hours of work and my dignity just torn down. But in her, in her defense, you know, I bought the lights from different stores because they were sold out and they're not exactly all the same shade of color. So it, it's a little wonky. It's a budget Christmas light. I'm not Mr. Beast, so we got Susie lights, okay? But as I started looking more into lights, I started realizing that the real pro Christmas light people they don't turn it on with a button. No, no, no. They got it even easier than that. They set their lights on a timer. Now, this was technology I'd never heard of before. I didn't know that people could literally have their entire house's lights turn on at the right time when they wanted. Literally, you buy a timer. There's going to be a picture on the screen. You see a timer just like this, and you can literally set it to power your outlet at the exact moment that you want. Like, you can literally time it that after a long, stressful day at work, dealing with your boss, you can time it so that when you pull in the driveway, boom, the lights turn on and maybe your house looks like this. I mean, the beautiful Christmas lights. And it's not just the beauty of the lights, but it's the power of being able to control the time and when they turn on. I mean, it's an experience. Maybe next year I'll up my game, so I'm probably going to have to buy all new lights. My wife doesn't like the ones we have. And maybe I'll get some timers too. And the thing is, in 2020, all of us are looking for a little more light. And I've come to declare to you today that I believe Jesus Christ is the light of the world. He's the one that offers hope. He's the one whose glory shines brighter than any Christmas light. His glory will never end. He is the hope. He's the thing you need that you don't even realize you need yet. But in 2020, especially as followers of Jesus, we want Jesus to be the light, but we want to be able to control the timer. We want to be able to turn on his light, his solution, his answer to our prayers. Wouldn't it be great if you could say, you know what, i got a struggle in my life, and I'd really love it to turn on at 6.55 p.m. as I pull in the driveway from work. Wouldn't it be great if God would shed some light on my current circumstance at the right moment that I want it? If you've been following Jesus long enough, you know that it doesn't really work that way. We follow Jesus, and we want him to be the light, but we also want to be able to control the timer. And I can't promise you that he'll shed light on your situation at the very moment that you want him to, but I can promise you that his timing is always right. It's never too early. It's never too late. It's always right on time. You don't get to set the timing, but you do get to trust the timing. His timing's always perfect. And I promise you that Jesus Christ, the light of the world, wants to bring hope and light in your situation. But today I want to encourage you to trust his timing 
to trust in the timing that God has for you, your life, and your situation, knowing that it's always right on time. And I want to read a passage today from the first chapter of Matthew as we really read the account of the birth of Jesus. And I want you to see in this passage so many accounts of where his timing is just right. Read it with me, Matthew 1, verse 18 to 25. Verse 18 reads, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what she is conceived is her from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord commanded, and he took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. In this story, I want you to catch a very few key points of not just what's taking place, but the timing of what's taking place. Read back with me verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary came, his mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, before Mary and Joseph had ever interacted relationally and intimately, she was conceived in her womb, the baby Jesus. The timing of this is crucial. We talked about this in my last message, that Jesus needed to be born of a virgin. Wait, can we still say that? Don't worry, it's not, it's not January 22nd yet. Jesus needed to be born of a virgin so that he would be fully man and fully God. There was no flaw in him, no error in him. He is God in the flesh, but the timing needed to be perfect. She needed to never have been connected with Joseph. It said before they came together, she conceived. Even at the end of the passage we read, that even after they got married, it said that they did not consummate their marriage until after Jesus was born. The reason they did this was to give no one any doubt of the timing. That, hey, you know what? This birth of Jesus had to have been of God because me and my wife have never even engaged romantically. The timing is very important. Everything that God does, he does at the right time for a purpose. He doesn't just do things. There's no RNG involved. Everything that God's ever done in your life has always had a specific plan, but it's also always had a specific timing. Continue to read down with me. Because the timing here is what I need all of you to catch. Continuing down in verse 19. Because Joseph was her husband, he was faithful to the law, and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. 
he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, after he had decided in his mind, I'm going to divorce her, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Now, I need you to catch the timing here. Joseph, it said Joseph was a man faithful to the law. What that means is back in those days, for someone to be pregnant out of wedlock was not only a sin, but a crime that back then was actually punishable by death. How many of y'all are grateful that the law is different today? How many of y'all are grateful for God's grace and forgiveness that even when we do what we shouldn't do, he forgives us and cleanses us? But back then, it said Joseph was faithful to that law, which meant that he believed that that punishment was due the crime. But he's stuck in a dichotomy because he's like, I believe that women who commit adultery and are pregnant out of wedlock, I believe they should be stoned, but I also love this woman and I don't want her to be stoned. Stuck in this conundrum. So he decides in his heart, you know what, we're not going to make this a public thing. I'm going to divorce her quietly. And then after all that, got to catch the timing, after all that, God sends an angel to convince Joseph. Hey, don't worry. You know what? She's not lying. She's not crazy. What is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Now, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I read the Bible, I really like to study it, and I like to ask some good questions. And sometimes I really wrestle with some passages, because for me as a human being, I'll be honest, sometimes I don't always agree with the timing. Like, if God were to have come to me and said, hey, Susie, I, I know that I'm God, and I know exponentially more than you could ever have, than you could ever have gained in your two and a half pound brain in the 29 years of your life. And this whole series is hypothetical because I wasn't even born back then. But if all those things lined up just right, you know, I got a decision to make. We got to tell Joseph, and I'm really, I'm thinking about the timing. So I've got a few options I want to run by you, and you let me know which one you think is best. One, we could, we could sit Joseph down before we tell Mary, and we could sit him down and say, Joseph, got some big news for you. I am going to conceive in your fiance the Son of God, Jesus. But I wanted to tell you in advance so that when she tells you, you got a heads up. Or maybe because the two of them are about to be married, they're about to start making important life decisions together. Let's sit them both down and let's tell them both as they need to make this decision together because this affects the both of them. We could do those or we could not tell Joseph so that when he finds out for Mary, he thinks she's crazy, tries to divorce her, and thinks that she should be killed. Which one should I do? Like, what do you mean? Like, if God asked my opinion, I'm like, God, that's horrible timing. Horrible time. Like, let's tell Joseph first. If I was sitting on a board with God and he gave me a vote, I would have voted against him. And then he would have been like, well, I'm three and one, so you've been outvoted. Okay? How is that even fair? But I don't agree with the timing. If someone had come to me and said, hey, do you think this is a good idea, the timing? Honestly, I would have said no. I'm like, no, God. I should probably like, give, the guy, give the dude a heads up. Rather than finding out after, and obviously he's going to think the same thing that I'm thinking. I would have disagreed with God's timing. But what I want you to understand, not just when it comes to faith, but when it comes to life, just because you disagree 
doesn't mean you're right. Just because you disagree with something doesn't mean you're right. And there's going to be moments in your faith, moments that have probably happened to you quite often this year, where you've really questioned God's timing. Where you've really said, God, if I sat on a council with you, I would have said, let's shine some light on this situation a little bit sooner. Like things were getting dark quick. Joseph's like, I'm going to divorce you ASAP. In the morning, I'm out. I'm packing my bags. Things are getting dark. God, you should shine some light. But maybe there's situations in your life where God's done something and you just didn't understand his timing. I can't always promise you that you will understand God's timing. To be honest, I still till this day do not understand why God didn't tell Joseph first. Sure, it was to fulfill prophecy. We're going to get into that. But the reality is whether Joseph knows in advance or after really doesn't change the story. So I don't really fully understand why God didn't tell Joseph first. But I can tell you this, just because I don't understand it doesn't mean it's not right. God's timing's always perfect. It's never too early, and it's never too late. It's always right on time. You don't get to set the timing, but you do get to trust the timing. And there are going to be moments in your life where you're going to wonder, God, why didn't you do it sooner? God, why didn't you tell me sooner? Why didn't you give me a heads up? And I want to challenge you today in those moments, trust in his timing. Make a decision in your heart that even after where you're still going, ah, I probably still would have done it sooner. God has his reasons. The Bible teaches that God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His reasons are better than his reasons. I can't always promise you why he does the things he does, but I can promise you that his motives are pure. I can promise you that he's for you. I can promise you that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. And he will come through in your life. But he'll do it in his timing, not always yours. And I challenge you to trust his timing. Moving on to verse 21. It says, she will give a birth, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means Jesus. You need to understand the timing of this passage. This passage is literally quoting another scripture from the Old Testament in Isaiah 14, which is literally the exact verse. That you will give birth to a baby, and they will name him Jesus. He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, the timing of this is so important to understand. One of the reasons that Jesus Christ is unique, that he's powerful and has authority, is because he was prophesied way before he was born. Maybe you're here for the first time, and maybe the word prophecy is new terminology for you. Maybe you didn't grow up in church. We're so glad you're here. Prophecy is when someone gets a message from God and communicates that message to the rest of the world. But it's normally a message that happens before. The timing is crucial. It's not a message that already happened. It's a message before it happens. 
So Isaiah is prophesying before Jesus is ever born that Jesus is going to come into the world. But what I need you to catch is that that prophecy was 700 years before Jesus was ever born. For 700 years, people that read God's word and followed him as Lord, they spent 700 years waiting for the light to turn on, waiting for Jesus to be born. I know that 2020 has been a long year, but I'll take 2020 over 700 years any day of the week. Waiting. When is our Messiah going to come? When is the light finally going to turn on? And if I'm being honest, I also don't have an answer for why God waited 700 years. He could have waited 600. He could have waited 500. God sets the timing. We trust the timing. They waited 700 years for the light to turn on. But it didn't come too early. And it didn't come too late. It came right at the right moment. Right when God deemed it best, Jesus Christ would come into the world. If I was God, I probably would have done it sooner. But I'm not God. I don't know his ways. I don't always even know his methods. I don't get to set the timing. But I encourage you, you do get to trust his timing. I know in your life, there may have been certain situations where you feel like you've been waiting 700 years. It feels like this is going on forever. Some of us are really excited, not just because it's Christmas, but because a few days from now, 2020 is over. Maybe you're like that meme where the guy is literally waiting by the clock. It's 11.59 p.m. on December 31st, and he's waiting for the clock to tick. So that is January 1st, 2021, and all of a sudden he realizes, oh, wait, it's December 32nd. It's never going to end. It feels like it's just going on and on and on and on. It feels like 2020 is going to take 700 years. And maybe you're not even that excited for the new year because... Maybe you're aware that we don't even really know what 2021 is going to be like. Yeah, but there's a vaccine coming out. But is it even going to work? And then what if some people don't take it? Still so many questions. And we don't know about his timing. Well, if God had the power and authority to end COVID, why didn't he do it sooner? I can't promise you that we always understand God's timing but I can promise you that his reasons are pure. They're good, and they're for you. The Bible says that he's working out all things for the good of those who love God. And we don't always get to set the timing, but we get to trust the timing, knowing that God is good and God is in control. And I know this Christmas season, you've got questions about timing. But man, when are things are gonna go back to normal? When are my kids going to finally be able to go back to school and be around their friends? When am I going to finally be able to go to the store without having to wear a stupid mask? When are things going to go back to normal? I don't have an answer for you. I can't tell you the what or the when, but I can tell you the who. His name is Jesus, and he's the light of the world. And I promise you that if you'll trust him, if you'll trust his 
timing. I know it's easier said than done. But if you'll trust his timing, he will come through for you. He will shed some light into your situation, into your struggle, and the things that you're dealing with. And he will do it at the right time. But it might not be your time. If it was my time, we would have launched this church March 24th. We'd have a land center in the, in the lobby. We'd have tons of people in this room. That would have been my plan. But I don't always get to set the rules. I don't always get to set the clock. And I definitely don't get to set the timer. But I challenge you today. Trust in God's timing. Because he's for you. Not against you. The Bible said that at the right moment, Jesus came into the world and he will save the people from their sins. At the time that God deemed best, according to his timing, he sent his son Jesus to be conceived in Mary, to be birthed, to live a perfect life for the sole purpose so that he would die for me and you, so that our sins could be forgiven. You realize that every single one of us, no matter who you are, what you've done, there is no judgment for you. I do not judge you. I am not better than you. We have one thing in common. We have both sinned against a holy God. We've made mistakes. I've done things that I'm not proud of. And I need to be made aware of the fact that I've been wrong, that I've sinned. Why? Because if you are never made aware of your darkness, you'll never be aware of your need for his light. All of us have sinned against the Holy God. That is why God sent his son Jesus, so that he would pay the punishment for our sins. He is the light of the world. He is the light that wants to step into your darkness, into your situation, into your struggle, into your depression, into your life, and to shed his light, and to offer you forgiveness, to offer you salvation, and I'm so glad that the Bible doesn't say that I've got to be the one to hang it all up. I'm not the one that needs to do all the purchasing. I don't need to go to Home Depot and buy the light. Jesus already purchased the light for me. I simply just need to receive it. It's not about earning it. It's not about being a better person. It's not about knowing the pro strats on how to hang up lights or the pro strats of how to read the Bible or how to pray. It's about surrendering your life to King Jesus who died on the cross and rose again three days later. Those three days were dark, but on the third day, Jesus turned the light back on and he rose from the grave showcasing that he is God. And I promise you today, that Jesus Christ is the answer that you need this Christmas. There is no gift you will receive this Christmas that is better than a relationship with Jesus. And I want to invite some of you today to make a decision to say yes to follow Jesus. Maybe you're here. I'm looking at the chat. We have so many people here watching. Merry Christmas to all of you. There are some of you here that you'd maybe acknowledge, I need to get my life right with God that there's some darkness going on in my heart. I'm engaging in sin, and I need God's forgiveness. We've all been there. I need God's grace every day of my life. But if you're here today, and you want to get your life right with God, you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I want you to repeat this prayer with me. 
as you have a conversation with God, as you are saying yes to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, saying, I'm no longer living in the darkness anymore. I'm stepping into the light. And if that's you today, would you repeat these words after me and pray this with me? God, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. And I ask you, God, to forgive me of my sins. And I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. God, thank you that you love me and help me to follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, can we thank God for those that are right now saying yes to follow Jesus? Whether you're watching now live, the VOD, on YouTube, we want to congratulate you. But here's what we want to do this Christmas. We don't just want to pray a prayer with you. We want to walk alongside you. So I want to encourage you. There's going to be a link in the chat, exclamation point, next level. I want you to click that for me. It's going to bring you to a page. It's going to give you resources on what it means to be a follower of Jesus. It's going to give you resources on how to start praying, how to start reading your Bible, getting involved in church, water baptism. And I want to encourage you to fill out that form with as much information as you're comfortable. We want to walk alongside you. We want to connect with you and celebrate with you. But maybe you'd be bold right now in this Christmas. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or reconnecting your relationship back with God, would you let us know? Simply by just typing yes in the chat, we want to celebrate with you. But friends, as we conclude our time together, I want to encourage you, trust in God's timing. Trust in his timing. I know that some of you are waiting. Just like for 700 years, they waited for Jesus. And you're waiting for God to shed light on your situation. And while you're waiting, I want to encourage you with this that God is Emmanuel. He's with us. He's with us before the struggle. He's with us in the struggle. And he's with us after the struggle. For 700 years, they waited for Jesus. But I've come to declare to you today, we're not waiting on the king. The king is already here. And his name is Jesus. And he is the light of the world. COVID is simply passing through but our king he is Emmanuel he's with us today, tomorrow, forever he is with us and when COVID is nothing more than a story you tell your grandkids about how things once were you'll also be telling them about a king who still is he who was and is and is to come, he is Jesus, and he sits on his throne forever and ever and ever, and his light never fades. His light may have had a timer, but it doesn't have a dimmer. It never fades, it never runs out of battery, it never burns out. Jesus Christ, the light of the world, is with us. Every moment of every day, and I encourage you this season to worship him to give him glory even while you're waiting. Your situation's not been resolved yet. You haven't had your answer. You feel like your light hasn't turned on. But just because you can't see the light doesn't mean he's not with you. I challenge you as a part of your faith, as you grow in being a follower of Jesus, it's so important to understand the principle that I don't worship 
after God answers my prayer. I worship him and adore him and thank him while I'm waiting. And I know many of you, you feel like your lights, they haven't turned on yet. And if you could, you would have turned them on a long time ago. But I encourage you today, remember, unfortunately, you don't get to set the timing, but you get to trust the timing. Trust that he's good. Trust that he's for you. Trust that he loves you so much that he sent his son into this world to be born, to die, and to save you from your sins. And even though it took probably longer than I would have picked, in the end, Christ still came out on top. He still had the victory, and this Christmas, that victory is yours. So I challenge you today, as Amanda leads us, to adore him, to worship him, and to thank him that even while you're waiting, his timing is perfect. Amanda, will you sing for us?
God, today we just honor you and we worship you even while we're waiting for the light to turn on. But Jesus, we thank you so much that you were willing to step down from heaven to be born of a virgin. God, to think that you stepped out of your palace full of light to spend nine months in a womb of darkness. Even just that, God, is sacrifice enough that you didn't deserve. That we didn't deserve for you to do for us. And so we just come to declare that, God, we worship you, we honor you, and we magnify your name this Christmas and every day of our lives because you are Jesus, the light of the world. And Holy Spirit, I ask you today that you would help us to be patient and to trust your timing. God, you could have picked any time to send Jesus into the world, but you deemed it best to send him when you did. And God, you could pick any time to come through in our situations. But we trust that when you deem it best, you will. You will come through because your light never fails, it never fades, and never burns out. You are God, and I pray that our hearts today would trust you. We thank you that we serve a God who's worth trusting. Thank you that your track record is perfect. Thank you that there's no flaw in you. There's no error in you. Thank you that you are perfect, you are holy, and that your timing is just right. And God, I pray for families this Christmas, that for some of them, God, the timing's difficult because it may be the first Christmas without a loved one. It may be the first Christmas without someone that they hold so dear. It may be a difficult time of year because maybe they lost a loved one right around this time and the wound is just so fresh. I pray, Holy Spirit, give them peace today. I pray that, God, you would give them joy in the midst of their circumstance. It doesn't mean that their pain isn't real, that doesn't matter. It just means that, God, in the midst of their pain, you are Emmanuel. You're with them in the good seasons and in the bad. We thank you that, God, you never leave us. You never forsake us. I pray joy. I pray strength. I pray peace over every single person under the sound of my voice in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray that this season, although it looks different, we may have less people in our homes, but we do not have less light. King Jesus is still shining just as bright in 2020 as he did in 2019, as he did when he was born, and as he will forever and ever and ever. And I pray today that God, that we would be blessed, and the most important, that we would honor and worship you. Thank you for the reason we have to celebrate this Christmas. We love you, God. We worship you and we honor you, and we thank you for it. In Jesus' name.